0: As we as we grow and get older. And uh, at the age of four, they're thinking, "My mom can do anything. My mom can do anything." By the time they get to eight years old, you're like, "Yeah, my mom knows a whole lot." Yeah. And 12 years of age, well, they're starting to realize, "Well, my mother doesn't really know quite everything." 14. I'm kind of I'm kind of in this stage with my children right now, and I'm I'm kind of seeing <laughs> how this all works. Um, naturally, mother doesn't know that either. Age of 16, it's like mother, she is hopelessly old-fashioned. By the age of 18, they're thinking that old woman, she's way out of date. Yeah. And then by the age of 25, they're like, well. Mom might know a little bit. By the age of 35, they're thinking, well, before we decide, why don't we, like, why don't we get mom's opinion? And then at the age of 55, you're thinking, I wonder what mom would have thought about it. The age of 68, I wish I could talk it all over with mom again. So it's interesting how as we go through life, We think we've got things all under control on our own at a certain point, but then we realize the value of a mother, the value of the input of a mother, and the value of a shepherd in our life. So I'm going to speak to you this morning um, about the importance of a shepherd in your life, the value of a shepherd, and it's not something that you can put a price tag on. Um, Now, a mom life can be a very hectic balance at time. And can I get an amen out there? Um, and if you're like me, you have found yourself running to the bathroom and locking the door just to get a quiet moment. And I can see you is chuckling because you've done it before. Only to re- be reminded by the washer that's running in the bathroom that he wants to lead us besides still waters. So I have to run to him run to his throne room to get a little bit of peace. No pun intended. So I'm telling you that he has made me stop and he has made me rest rest and reflect on some things and leave some things sitting at his feet because my shepherd, he knows what I need. Just like my mother knows from my cry when I'm a baby just what I need. He knows what I need, and he gives me the tools that I need to be victorious in him because he loves me. Regardless of what I do, regardless of what I say, he loves me. And this leads me to my text this morning. I'm going to read from Judges chapter 5, verse 24 to 26. And you'll have to apologize. I'm getting over a head cold, and I'm just sniffing and snuffling up here, but be patient with me. Um, I'm going to read from Judges chapter 5, 24 to 26. It says, blessed above women is Jael, the wife of Heber, the Kenite. Blessed shall she be above women in the tent. He, Sisera, asked for water. She gave him milk. She brought forth butter in a lordly dish. She put her hand to the nail, or a tent peg in another translation, and her hand to the workman's hammer, and with the hammer she smote Sisera off his head, and when she had pierced and stricken through his temples. I'm going to jump to Psalms chapter 23. Very familiar portion of scripture. I'm sure we could all quote it together. I'm going to read it from the message. It says, God, my shepherd, I don't need a thing. You have bedded me down in lush meadows. You find me quiet pools to drink from me. True to your word, you let me catch my breath and send me in the right direction. Even when the way goes through Death Valley, I'm not afraid when you walk at my side. Your trusty shepherd's crook makes me feel secure. You serve me a six-course dinner right in front of my enemies. You revive my drooping head and my cup brims with blessing. Your beauty and love chase after me every day, and I'm back home in the house of God for the rest of my life. Like I said, this is a very familiar portion of scripture, and it's some, one that we could probably all just let roll off the top of our tongue. It's one that we first memorized as a child. And with the help of David and J.L. this morning, I came to believe that we are going to make some renewed declarations to the Lord this morning. And be reminded of the tools that are at your disposal that will lead you to be victorious. Why don't we just close our eyes just for a moment and just pray and ask God to to open up our hearts to receive from his word this morning. God, I thank you. I praise you. I thank you for your love, for your faithfulness this morning. I pray that you would open up our hearts, open up, God, our minds to receive from your word this morning. God, change us. God, challenge us. God, and strengthen us this morning. God, we give you glory. We give you honor this morning. We worship you, hallelujah. Now, I want to narrow in on the declaration that David made at the beginning of Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. He was owning it. The Lord is my shepherd. Not the shepherd. He's my shepherd. You see, David... He had lived a little. (laughs) He was anointed, and he was chosen by God at a very young age, but there was quite a span of many years between his anointing and his appointing. David experienced some things. He saw the pinnacle, and he saw what the pit looked like, and everything in between. But. Notice his opening statement is acknowledging God as his shepherd. He had to make that declaration and that acknowledgement. He recognized that he could not survive without a shepherd. David had been a shepherd once himself, and he realized the importance of a shepherd The rest of the psalm goes on to describe how and where the shepherd leads dwelling in his presence is security and rest and protection through the ups and through the downs of life proverbs 3 verse 6 says acknowledge him in all your ways and he will direct your path now history is a great teacher we don't always allow ourselves to learn from it but as i read the stories in the old testament Sometimes we have to shake our head and think they did it again. They forgot God. They gave into the voice of culture, the false gods. But God, in his patience, gave the Israelites many opportunities to return to him. Their devotion to him was like a never ending roller coaster. Um, so I'm going to pull JL into this now and the text that we read in chapter 5. Tells us that JL was blessed above all women. But it not only says that, it says, blessed above all tent dwelling women. JL was a keeper of the home. And I don't mean, yeah, she may have been a housewife, but that's not what I'm referring to this morning. I'm not telling you, all you ladies to go give your two weeks' notice tomorrow and be, <laughs> be a stay at home mom, but JL was a keeper of the home and there's a difference between being a keeper of the home and being a housewife it's much more than keeping laundry and dishes and everything else that that comes with keeping a home but jl here she didn't hold a position outside of the home but yet the bible says that she was blessed above all women and that sounds to me like she held a pretty superior role. Her worth was not defined by her social or her corporate status, so to speak. And the scripture goes on to tell us why. So just bear with me. I'm going to jump back to chapter 4 and kind of unpack a little bit of what's happening in this, in this, uh, this story. We read Judges of, is a very interesting read. Um, We see things that transpire when there's no king. Every man did what was right in his own eyes. And in that setting, we have Deborah, who was leading a military charge because Barak, I'm not sure how to say his name, but Barak, was too much of a coward to go into battle without her. So Israel is going to battle, confronting the adversary, Barak is relying relying on Deborah to lead the charge to make the calls. Deborah prophesies and tells Barak that the victory is going to be won at the hand of a woman. Now, if you stop here in the story, you're going to automatically think or assume that Deborah was heaping prophetic utterances upon herself. But you have to keep reading because she's not Deborah is out there with Beric and the middle military forces. They're, they're winning this thing, but yet there is a whole entire component at work here in this story, other than what is happening out on the front lines on the battlefield. There's the home front that's at work as well, the guarding of the home. And despite the strong forces of the enemy, they win the battle; the adversary was slaughtered, but Sisera, who was the commander of Jabin's army, escapes and makes a run for Jael's tent. Now think about that: he's trying to run so he doesn't get killed, but he runs to a tent. You would automatically think that he would be running; he would want to run for someone, somewhere that had more safety, like a compound or a palace or something that structurally was a little bit more safe but he ran to a tent it wasn't something permanent and you can pretty much bet your bottom dollar at that point in time that every tent dwelling woman had her mind on the battle rate then because based on the battle would determine whether or not they became captive so JL she could have easily been sitting at home feeling useless in the battle. She could have been sitting back saying, oh, well, Deborah's on the front line. Why can't I be on the front line too? Or, I don't feel like I'm doing anything. I just, I feel like I'm insignificant. What difference am I making in my nation right now? I'm just, I'm just at home. Now, I don't know what her day-to-day responsibilities were, but I do know from reading the scripture that she was guarding her tent Because when Sisera came by, she was out to greet him. He didn't have to come knocking on her door. She knew what was lurking around her home. She was aware of who was around her home. So along comes Sisera, after he had escaped all the generals, all the military geniuses, and Deborah. And she welcomes him into her tent, fully aware of who he is, She was ready for the moment. Think about it. What would have happened if J.L. had been asleep at the wheel at this point in time? What would have happened if J.L. had bought into the lie of just being a keeper of the home and not finding the value in the role that God had placed her in? She was observant. She had her head in the game. And when her nation was in conflict She was making sure that she was doing all that she could, the same way that the military was guarding the front lines. She was guarding her home. So she offered a place for Cicero to rest. He asked her for a drink of water. Now listen to this. She brings him milk. And not only milk, but she brings him milk in a lordly dish. And another translation says, in a magnificent cup. Now, they were—they lived in a tent. Their situation was not permanent. And I can imagine every time that, that JL had to pack up the tent and move to another location, she probably wondered, why am I holding on to this fancy dish? It's just more to pack, more to pack up. Hey, Mom, how many times have you guys moved? and? you get rid of some things as you like, oh, I don't need this. But I wonder how many times it crossed J.L.'s mind, why am I hanging on to this? It's just extra weight when we're moving. But she was prepared to serve royalty. She was living in a tent. She had no permanency in her life, but yet she was prepared to entertain royalty in her own home. She didn't offer him an old washed-out Tim Hortons cup. She brought him milk in a lordly dish. She knew how to entreat him, how to relax him, and make him rest. And I can imagine the whole time her mind was probably spinning and wondering, what, to, what am I going to do with this guy? God, you, you let him here, I've got him in, now give me some wisdom from on high because I don't know what to do with this guy. She couldn't just reach under the cupboard and push the emergency button and the SWAT team show up, because they were all out on the front lines. They were all on the battlefield. So Sisera falls asleep, and J.L. she goes, and I don't think this is coincidental, but she grabs a tent peg and a hammer. The tent peg and the hammer were part of the heart of the structure of her home that held her home together. And that is what she used to gain ultimate victory for the nation. Not just her own home, but for her nation, her people. An element of the structure of the home is what dealt the death blow to the adversary of the nation. And she won it in her own home through a tent peg and a hammer. JL knew, she knew how to use a hammer and a tent peg, because in fact, it was the woman's job to set up the tent when they moved. That was part of their duties, was to know how to set up the tent. So she knew. She was quite familiar with these tools. So she used what was familiar to her and what was easily accessible to her. The structure of the home and what secures your home is what will bring the ultimate victory in the battles that we face. It's in your intimate prayer time, entertaining royalty, It's you being there. It's you being present. It's you being alert and aware of what is happening in your home. It's your family altar times, reading the word of God together and demonstrating your love. love. It's that simple. It's those tools that form the structure of your home that will help you overcome whatever comes your way. JL had to be ready. She had to be alert. She had to guard her home. She had to put her full trust in God. Still, I will trust him. That song we sang this morning. She had to put her full trust in God to make vital decisions in the heat of the battle. Proverbs 3 and 5 says trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and it's it's not always easy to trust. Anyone ever try a trust fall before? Or did anyone ever trust a friend to catch you do a trust fall? (laughs) I won't demonstrate this morning but my the problem with me was I was always a head taller than all my friends so I had a really hard time trusting my friends to catch me in a trust, in a trust fall. Um, or how about this? Ordering something online. You're trusting that the company is going to send you exactly what you ordered. That's in the description. For example, a few years ago I, I had ordered, oh, this cutest little rug for my girl's room. and uh, went to the mail. I'm like, oh yes, it's been delivered. I can't wait. It's going to just complete their room. It's so cute and it's just so cozy looking. And I go to the mailbox and here's the rug. (laughs) (laughs) It's the right color. It's the right texture, but the size was not quite um, what it described in the picture. So Needless to say, I have trust issues with this company now, and I don't think I've purchased anything from them since, and I wish not to mention what company it is. (laughs) Don't purchase anything from Wish. We'll keep going. Maybe you've had really good experience with them, but I have trust issues with this company now they have given me a reason not to trust them. But God has never given me a reason not to trust him. He created me. He knows my name. He knows every hair on my head. And he knows how many of them are gray and how many of them are brown. And how many, he knows next week how many more gray I'm going to have. But he knows exactly what I need even before I ask. He knows what my next move move needs to be to gain the victory. And he has the tools readily available for me to use. I just need to make sure I'm in the game. I got to make sure that I'm present. Now, JL, she was prepared to serve royalty and to put the adversary to sleep. Her heart and her mind were in the battle. Romans 12 and 2 says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We have to be so careful not to buy into the thinking of our culture. As long as you have it all together on the outside, you can just fake it till you make it. Don't buy into that. Our heart and our mind have got to be surrendered to him. Because our flesh likes to have control. Oh boy, do we like control. Sometimes we just can't think past our way. It drives us crazy when we're out of the loop. Or if we can't see the end from the beginning or understand why God is doing something a certain way. It drives us crazy when we don't have control sometimes. I'm going to tell you a little story here. It says one day... A little old and very cute couple walked into a local fast food restaurant. The little old man went up to the counter and ordered his food, their food. He brought back to the table a hamburger, a small amount of fries, and a drink. Carefully, he sliced the hamburger in two and neatly divided the fries into two small piles. Two small piles. He sipped the drink and then he passed it to his wife. She took a sip and passed it back. A younger man at a nearby table was observing this couple and began to feel really sorry for them. So he offered to buy them another meal. But the old man respectfully declined, saying that they were used to sharing everything. The old man began to eat his food while his wife sat still, not eating. The young man continued to watch the old couple, feeling there was something that he should be doing to help them. And as the old man finished his half of the burger and fries, the old lady still had not started eating hers yet. The young man couldn't take it anymore. He went over to them again and asked, ma'am, why aren't you eating? And the old lady looked up politely and said, pointing to the old man. I'm waiting on the teeth. (laughs) I'm waiting on the teeth. Now, how many times do we try to jump in and take control and question and try to make sense of the situation, the circumstance when God has it completely under control, that sweet old lady, that sweet old couple, they had it all under control. They knew what they were doing. And a lack of faith and trust in God will lead us to wanna, wanting control. Now, the big takeaway from J.L. here as the keeper of the home was to be on guard, aware of the adversary, to seek wisdom from God, to entreat the enemy and to pin him down, and to build structure in your home and be prepared to serve royalty, the king of kings. And in closing, I want to introduce you to Shrek the sheep. Bring the picture up here. This is Shrek the sheep. He became famous several years ago when he was found after hiding out in caves for six years. Of course, during this time, his fleece grew without anyone there to shave it. And when he was finally found and shaved, his fleece weighed an amazing 60 pounds. Most sheep have a fleece weighing just under 10 pounds, with the exception usually reaching 15 pounds maximum. His was 60 pounds. For six years, Shrek carried six times the regular weight of his fleece, simply because he was away from his shepherd. And when Shrek was found, a professional sheep shearer took care of Shrek's fleece in 28 minutes. Shrek's 60 pound fleece was finally removed and there was enough wool to make suits for 20 men. And all it took was coming to the shepherd, acknowledging the shepherd and trusting the shepherd Matthew 11 and 28 to 30 says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Psalm 34, 4 to 5 says, I sought the Lord and he heard me. And delivered me from all my fears. They looked unto him and they were lightened, and their faces were not ashamed. Now I want to go back to Psalm 23. You don't have to bring it up on the screen, but I want to point out why David was so exuberant to declare, The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I'm going to go through this, this chapter and just point out why David was so exuberant. The Lord is my shepherd. That's relationship. I shall not want. That's supply. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. That's rest. He leads me beside the still waters. That's refreshment. He restores my soul. That's healing. He leads me in the path of righteousness. That's guidance. For His name's sake, that's purpose. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, that's testing. I will fear no evil, that's protection. For Thou art with me, that's faithfulness. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me, that's discipline. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemy, that's hope. Thou anointest my head with oil, that's consecration. My cup runneth over, that's abundance. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, that's blessing. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord, that's security, forever, That's eternity. Psalms 23 in a nutshell. The Lord is my shepherd. He is beneath me. He is beside me. He is with me. He is before me. He is around me. He is after me. And he is, he's beyond me. Because just a moment in his presence, yielded to his will, to his way, to his word, you will see instant weight loss. It won't take no 28 minutes. You will see instant weight loss in his presence. And I stand here today declaring, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. We have our own personal guide through life, Mama. Some days are hard. Some days are really hard, but we have our own guide through life, and you don't need to go alone. You don't need to have it all figured out. You don't need to go to Dr. Google, or whatever you want to call. You can go to the shepherd. Trust the shepherd in the leading and in the waiting. You can trust him, and in turn... He will lead you to the source of everything that you need to survive. And not just survive, but thrive. Guard your home. Guard your mind and your heart. Deposit daily into building a solid structure in your life and in your home, into your children, so that you can pull tools from it. So that you can pull the tools from it. To bring ultimate victory, I need him to be my shepherd. I can't do it on my own. I've tried to do it on my own, and I just make a mess of things. I'm gonna read this last story before I close. A Sunday school teacher, she decided to have her young class memorize one of the most quoted passages in the Bible, Psalms 23. She gave the youngsters one month to learn the chapter. Little Billy, he was so excited about the task but he just couldn't remember the psalm. After much practice, he could barely get past the first line. So on the day that the kids were scheduled to recite Psalm 23 in front of the congregation, Billy was so nervous. When it was his turn, he proudly stepped up to the microphone and said, The Lord is my shepherd, and that's all I need to know. So I want to leave you guys with this this morning. I'm not sure who needed to hear this or if it was just for me. But the Lord is my shepherd, and that's all I need to know this morning. The Lord is your shepherd, and that is all that you need to know this morning. May God bless you.